I'm Chris. And I'm Doc. And this is a Fad Lad special. Hi, Doc. How are you? Hey Chris, how are you? Where are you? Uh, I am in a hotel room in Manchester. Where are you? I'm in an office meeting room in Los Angeles. Very cool. We yeah, have. I'm alone. Are you alone? Well, I was just about to say no. I'm with a woman, Doc. What? And it's a woman who's not Should my we... wife. <laughs> Should we be broadcasting this? Is this uh, a good idea? I'm with the M Edit. Oh, our special from guest from oh, what? when did you do it? Two, where oh, was it? One, April. Was it April? March. It was March. February. I and, don't know. And what did you do for us? Emma? I got up every day at five o'clock. You got up every day at five o'clock, and was it the worst thing you've ever done? Literally the worst thing I've ever done in my life, <laughs> ever, ever. I've done some terrible well, things, and that was the worst. Welcome to Candid. No camera. This is a big <laughs> job. And, uh, I was, I was actually, Everybody's been laughing. I was talking about Emma the other day, saying, telling someone that uh, she got up at 5am. And they were like, why did she do that? I said, well, apparently it's going to make you more rich and successful. Have you, oh, are you, I just are you, think it's because you two are adorable, if I'm being honest. There's no <laughs> other reason for it. Are you richer and more successful? Absolutely not. <laughs> she looks very rich and successful for where I'm sitting. <laughs> She can afford a hotel room in London. I mean, that's money. Well, yeah, we're in Manchester, so she can't afford a hotel room in Manchester. <laughs> and I'm on the last train home, don't so you? Wrong on all accounts. Um, so this is a special because uh, someone found an article. Was it you, Doc, that sent it to me, or did I send it to you? You sent it to me. I sent it to you. And it's an article in the New York Times by Jessica Knoll. Um, and... It's about wellness and how wellness is basically a code word for dieting. Mm. And dieting is, by all accounts, especially to Emma, is dieting a nasty word for you, isn't it? Uh, I I wouldn't say a nasty word. I think it's a word that we don't really need. We don't need. And why do you think we don't need the word diet? Um... I think everything that you could want to achieve in your life in terms of um, living it successfully and happily doesn't have to be done without, with any kind of restriction or guidelines around how you eat. I don't, I don't understand why food comes into it so hugely. Yeah, because the, the article, the gist of the article is that women spend too much time obsessing about weight fads diet fads, mm. exercise fads, and it's unnecessary, but also uh, it's actually quite damaging to things like self-esteem, it's not good for mental health, and you're basically chasing an ideal that doesn't exist. Totally. I mean, when you said, as you just said earlier, wellness um, is just basically another word for diets, and for me, wellness comes down to the fact that people say, you should have clear skin, you should have glossy hair, you should have... Um, you should be able to see your cheekbones, you should have 
you should be a certain size, you should be a certain shape, you should have a certain level of, um, oh, look, I've just come back from the gym and I'm not even sweating. And that's what wellness comes down to when that's not really what being well is about. What's your, what's your, what's your personal definition of wellness? I think it, it's, it's kind of twofold. You've got your physical health, which is, is very important, but you've got your mental health as well. And for me, wellness is about being able to exist on a daily basis happily to do all the things that I would like to do. Um, but still at the same time, accept the fact that you can have wellness and not be a physically well person. So are we saying that people who've got certain disabilities and people who perhaps aren't mobile are not able to experience wellness? Yeah, I mean, it's weird because when we talk about it on the podcast, we talk about wellness as being physical and mental, or physical or mental, rather. How do, how do you see wellness, Doc? Yeah, I, I don't see it as only physical. Um, and the, the article is interesting because it definitely leans that way, but we've emphasised and talked about all aspects of well, I guess what we consider wellness and the definition of it and who owns it isn't clear. Interestingly enough, she finishes her article, you know, making a wish that when women get together uh, over lunch that they don't talk about uh, their, their physical bodies and shape and things like that. Because So she's definitely taken the, the leaning all the way through there. But the, the concept of wellness and the, the conversations that we've been having uh, are addressing all elements of it and I think Emma you touch on it there in a in a great way is that it's about feeling good about yourself in, in every aspect and you don't need uh, a diet to do that but you know Chris and I uh, were generally talking about feeling better and you know kind of treating yourself better and making sure you know we talk about social media we talk about mental health um, even the physical stuff, uh, you know, exercise actually can stimulate mental wellness in a way that isn't necessarily because of the physical uh, output or outcome um, that, that you get from, I don't know, going for a run or going for a walk. It, it can help blood flow and just get your brain working better and get you out in nature and fresh air and things like that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting concept uh, that she's brought up, and it, it leans very much towards the idea of dieting. And we should probably just focus on that in terms of conversation today, because it is interesting uh, in terms of you know how people see it. Uh, what di- dieting? Being... You mean? What's that? How people see dieting? Yeah, how people see dieting and and what it means to different people and how it impacts their overall wellness because, you know, as we've seen with a lot of the fads that we've tried, the, you know, the benefits of uh, of what you're doing can sometimes be counterbalanced by uh, the inconvenience or otherwise um, of of actually doing it. So, you know, 5 a.m. waking up, Yeah. It means you don't get a good night's sleep necessarily, and sleep is really important. So, you know, you might have more time in your day or whatever else, but, we, you know, we, we, we look at all of these things. So what what's the, you know, the benefits of dieting are limited. I definitely agree with that. Um, but, the you know, the sort of pressures of dieting and the 
feeling of needing to be on a diet or whatever the, the reasons that people do it uh, are also not good. Um, and if somebody's doing it, then, you know, is well, that the right thing to work on in terms of focusing on happiness? Well, it's, it's interesting because Emma posted a tweet today. Can I read out your tweet that you Gosh, posted you today? Absolutely. So she, she wrote a tweet today, which really... Um, made me think, it said, this is the time of the year, so what, what, where are we, summer? This is the time of the year where strictly no before and, oh, sorry, this is the time of the year where strictly no before and after weight loss posts in my life rule comes very much into play. There's no context under which I will accept it. If it's about weight loss, I don't care what you think you're saying, you're actually saying that you don't value larger bodies in the same way that you value slim ones. So what are you saying in that then, uh, Emma? The, the, the before and after photos, I was 220 pounds. Mm. Now look at me, I'm 190, I've lost 30 pounds. It's the whole big genes and all that. What's your big issue with that? Okay, so this isn't really big picture. This is, this is more specific to these before after weight loss images, whereby You've Which got, is a result of dieting. Yeah, generally, generally dieting. Sometimes, you know, people sometimes post them after illness, which is just horrific. You know, I've had the flu for three weeks, and look how slim I am now. And it, it's just so symptomatic of diet culture and a uh, culture where women aspire, particularly women. And I know I've said this before. I know it impacts men as well, but it's a very kind of misogynistic. Um, worldview whereby women should look a certain way um, and it what what people are doing is look at, posting two pictures next to each other where the first one is this is what I used to look like this is what I look like now the way I look now is better and what they're saying is that the body that they had before somehow holds less value to the body that they have now um, without looking at any of the cultural or experience behind it you're just saying on the surface this is what I look like this is what I look like now there's no generally no backstory to it um, and, and it's just buying into this culture of slim body good big body bad and I think that's what I struggle with I mean there's there's so many more things around that that come under the the whole diet topic but at the moment particularly when the sun comes out and people rejoin Weight Watchers and Slimming World and all the other things that go along with that. Um, and they have their three to six months of feeling glorious in these bodies that match the bodies they see on social media, that are praised on social media. And then ultimately they go back to the body they didn't have before, that, sorry, the body that they had before and they feel like they've let themselves down and then they self-punish and they self-loathe. And it, for me, that just, it's really painful it, it, it's not a nice thing to see. I just wish that from a personal level, level, women could value themselves more at all stages in their life and all times in their life. Is it not, can you not be um, proud about losing weight though? What's the difference? Totally, you can, be you can be proud of losing weight. If you say to yourself, right, my goal for this year is to lose weight and that's what you want to do and you do it in a way that is beneficial to you so you're not doing any you know, you're not taking slimming pills and doing a load of speed or what have you. Um, if you're doing it, if you're doing it in a way that does allow you to maintain your life successfully and do all the things you want to do, brilliant. I'm really proud of you, but please don't be down on the person that you were before that, because that person is still you, and that person still deserves respect and still deserves to be valued. 
is is there something of not being I'm trying to think it's just difficult because it comes from a different point of view when a man says it and when or when a man does it so for example I I know when I have and I'm putting in big speech marks here let myself go mm. now that is I suppose a sense of um what I what I see other people are seeing as being acceptable. I but it's actually per, it's a personal thing to me. So when I've let myself go, it's normally when I've I've not done any exercise. I've probably drunk a bit too much. Uh, I've probably not eaten healthily, and I feel bad. And I do, and I, and I do. I am not happy with myself like that mm. because I know I've not looked after myself. I've not valued the thing that is the thing that gets me through life, that allows me to bend down and tie up my shoelaces or pick up my kids. What's the difference between that and a woman hating herself because she's overweight or...? I think it's, I think it's very similar. I think what you're not... By saying you've let yourself go, you're not giving yourself credit for the reasons that go behind your, behind you letting yourself go. And... You've not let yourself go. You've just gone through a period in time where your priority hasn't been eating lots of salads or running every morning. Your priorities have been completely different. And that's absolutely fine. It's how you... Oh, gosh, what was the saying? I did, I did this fantastic course and it was something about... It's not... Oh, you've got... There's a, there's a moment between something that happens and how you react to it and that's where your power lies. It's not what you've done is how you respond to that and if you respond to it with respect for yourself and say that wasn't my priority right then um i actually quite i i feel better when i'm running every morning i feel better when i'm eating salads i'm going to do that now you don't have to hate the person you were while you <coughs> in speech marks let yourself go yeah that, yeah so you're saying that how i view myself in those periods is the thing that's important for mm. wellness yeah. I haven't let myself go. As you say, it's just a priority. You know, I've just not prioritised my body, which is my choice. Yeah, and and I it, think, it is your choice at that point. I think a lot of self-love, and I think self-love has very much been co-opted for, if you love yourself, you will only put things that are deemed as good in it. You'll only um, drink lots of water and eat lots of seeds. Um, that's how you show you love yourself. Well, actually, self-love is about respecting yourself at every kind of stage of, of life and knowing that's who you are. Mm. There's an extreme version of all of these things uh, where I guess you talk about only eat seeds and drink water. Yeah, you know, as that was a, extreme. As an extreme yeah. thing that somebody might do, right? It's a reaction mm. and it's a maybe it's a pressure situation or somebody's put themselves under... There is also on the other side of it where Chris says, oh, I feel like I've let myself go or you've had a bad day. So all of a sudden you, you're you in a food shop or you're walking down the street and you're hungry. And because of the way the food industry and society is designed, un like what is, I don't know if there's, we can agree on this, but there is definitely unhealthy food out there. There's lots of fast food. Yeah. Um, that yeah. if that was your only the only thing you ate, it would it would be bad for you. And you know you can you can do that because you're feeling bad about yourself. Then you can get into a depression and, and do it and so on. And there's there's clearly an unhealthy way to put on weight and a healthy way to put on weight. How do we distinguish between those two different? I guess 
you know, as you say, as you talk about somebody who has lost weight or put on weight or has a natural tendency to be a little bit heavier than what society has mm. decided is the ideal weight. There's a there's a there's different pressures at play from all of those elements and you know how how do we ensure that we find the right balance? I'm kind of torn on this one uh, because health again as I mentioned earlier health isn't not everyone has health so the value that we put behind health is something uh, I don't really know the term for it but we put we put this certain value on health and it doesn't come naturally to everyone so that's the that's the first thing we can't say okay if you're if you if you choose to do something that's deemed unhealthy you hold less value I completely, I completely agree with what you're saying. There's two, kind of two ends of the scale. You've got the diet industry and you've got the industry that is just desperate for you to consume, consume, consume. And I don't think either of them are particularly great, but let's take the word health away from it. Let's just take, let's just think of it in terms of what is good for me as an individual, what is good for me as a person. And And you're absolutely right. If you're going to sit every day and only have fast food at the end of the day you are going to feel a bit rubbish aren't you you are it's just by fact you can't feel particularly great by having fast food all the time just as you can't feel particularly great by um never having fast food what's interesting is that the 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 article the the new york times one is she says um i'm just going to read a couple of sentences says two years into my work with this uh woman who was helping her um look at uh, how, how and what she ate. She said, I feel lighter than I ever have. Food is part of my life, a fun part, but it no longer tastes irresistible the way it did when I told myself I couldn't have it. Mm. My body looks as it always has when I'm not restricting or binging. I'm not good one day so that I can be bad another, which I once foolishly celebrated as balance. And I think that's a really, because she talks about intuitive eating, which is, it's unlikely that we're going to smash fast food in our face all the time and if we do then as you say it's not going to be great for you but if you don't look at it as bad there's a likelihood that you yeah. probably won't do it all the time if you take away the moral issue from it it's not yeah, about exactly. it's not about morals it's about intuitive eating it sounds a bit of a cliche but i think the point of it is is absolutely spot on it doesn't come down just to food, and I'm sure you'll come into this doc yourself because I know that you like to do your exercising and all your moving. You like to move around a lot. Um, so, I like to move at moving. Exactly. So uh, I, I, it's not just about eating, but something that she says about that feeling lighter. So for me, I've in the past I've restricted myself with food I've restricted myself of all kinds of things just because it's what I felt you did to look away that made you acceptable and made you like yourself and actually at the end of the day that doesn't work if you don't like yourself you don't like yourself you don't like yourself no matter how you look to surround yourself with people who take the morality away from food and actually for me that has been more larger women because they've kind of come to the same epiphany 
epiphany, is that the right word? Epiphany is me, whereby they think, do you know what, I'm wasting a lot of my life thinking about what I consume, what I don't consume, how, I, how much I move, how much I don't move. And in that time, I could be doing something that makes me feel a lot happier, like going to the park with my children or um, going to the restaurant, with, going to a restaurant with my family and just ordering what I want from the menu because I'm having a really good time. That does make you feel lighter. You're more likely to go out, out and socialise. You're more likely to have a life that you actually enjoy. Uh, and, and that, to me, has been more important than anything that I've ever done in the sense of health in, in inverted speech mark, commas, brackets, whatever you call them. Um, that, that to me has been, has given me more of a burst of life than anything. I see you on social media, um, and because you model as well, don't you? What, mm. what do you call yourself? Do you call yourself a plus size model? Is that the right term? Yeah, yeah. And, and you, uh, you're, you're, I think you're, the photography of you is amazing. I think for, for one specific reason, it's because when you're photographed, um, you look really confident. Mm. which and confidence is often associated with attractiveness so as a model you look great and so you're 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 i think that a really good example that people could follow as someone who isn't a size eight but still looks great because you exude a sense of confidence mm. and i'm guessing knowing you as i do you you're happy with yourself and how you look yeah i mean it's it's not this self-love thing is difficult because when you say self-love people think that you should love yourself every day and that's not normal we all have days where you wake up and you're like oh gosh I look like a slug and I feel like a toad but there's the in, as a majority I wake up feeling feeling great feeling fine I'm, I'm happy with what I see I didn't feel that way when I was trying to be something I'm not so it's it's about I almost said becoming one with your body then. And you can I, say that. Yeah, it's not <laughs> becoming one with your body, but just acknowledging that just because you're being told to be a certain way doesn't mean that's what's right for you. You don't always have to listen to what the majority think. You can just, you can just exist and have a happy life and do the things you want to do and look the way that you do look. Because by... By nature, we all do look a certain way. But, but, but at what point did you, I presume, I'm guessing you weren't like that as a teenager. Was there a point in your life where you just thought, you know what, I'm worrying too much about what is expected or what the norm is or what, did, was there a oh, moment totally. where you... I mean, it's all these people glamorising obesity that did it to me. Um, it, it, is, it was, a big thing for me was the visibility of plus size women in the media and seeing other women who, I thought, those women look gorgeous and I kind of don't care what anybody tells me. And I thought, well, okay, I don't, I don't look exactly like them, but I'm not too far removed. So if I think they're gorgeous, why aren't I gorgeous? Why am I wasting my every waking moment thinking about eating and thinking about exercising and thinking about things that really aren't that important? So you just basically said, fuck it. Totally, massive fuck it, Mass huge fuck it to, to the whole thing. Um, and as a consequence, you've made a career out of out of having done that. Yeah, because you've you're been, now you a were successful... pretty instrumental in that, Chris. Um, but we, yeah, we did a commit just to explain to Doc. I met Emma by casting her in a, a commercial I did for. Was it for yours clothing? Yours clothing. Um, 
And it was all plus size models. Oh my gosh. And the models, the professional models. So I was cast as a competition winner. The professional models were like angels from another planet. I walked, I remember walking through duty free with them and they were all around my height and my size because I'm six foot tall. And I was looking at them and thinking, you are the most phenomenal women I've ever seen in my whole life. And everybody was looking at them walking through the duty free. And I thought, goodness me, if, if, if you can get this level of respect, it, it can't, can't be wrong. And I, think, and I think the sad thing there from what I've just said is, it does come down to the respect you get from other people. And quite often it's all good and well talking about wellness and self-love, but if you are universally loathed by the society around you, and if you get no respect from people on the street, it's very difficult to like who you are. I'm quite fortunate that I'm kind of, accept I've got an acceptable appearance, whereas a lot of my friends who live exactly the same life as me, who have probably similar health, I hate the word, but health levels to me, and. Uh, eat the same, do the same level of exercise, they don't earn the same respect that I do because they don't look the way that I do. And that's quite, that's a very, very sad thing. The, the one-off sort of um, commercial that you've done there where you kind of cast a, a bunch of, uh, you know, plus-size models in, in all of the roles, it, it happens from time to time. and we, we kind of see more of it, but it's still the minority. And... You know everything you're saying here is is very valid and, and and true emma in terms of the perception of women and how women perceive each other but the role models and the industry that people subscribe to in terms of who influences them is definitely you're kind of fighting against a, a trend and now it's come into social media again and you know Somebody posts a picture, I see it, my, my, my nieces are, you know, 12 and 15, and they, any picture they post, every girl comes on, and, oh my God, you look amazing, wow, whatever it is, right? But it's all about validation of, mm. of a perceived standard of beauty. And you are, what's great, you're posting your, your own pictures, your modeling pictures and so on, on social media, and spreading a message. Um, but how is social media playing a role both on the positive and negative side of, of changing this perception? Um, and, you know, when, I suppose, if somebody is naturally their own size, whether that's bigger or larger, or, or, or smaller, I mean, um, I suppose we also have to say we should accept that a even what's considered a standard level of beauty today, you know, a model that everybody or a singer or whoever it is, they just happen to be what is considered in maybe in the middle, right? Just yeah. right, the kind of Goldilocks thing. Um, they're also beautiful because that's, they, they can't change themselves. That's just the way they are, but they're beautiful. But it seems to be it's more perceived as a level of beauty. So what, how do we embrace that but also embrace everything else is kind of beautiful how can we change the narrative of what is acceptable it's difficult because um visibility is really really important so to be able to know that you've got a little space particularly on the internet that has people who look like you or are similar to you and who are respected and admired and can live their lives freely is very important at the same time 
there's this tokenism thing and it's not just around size it's about race and about um gender and about you know this kind of white cis heterosexual thing where that will always be at the end of the day what the industry want to see um you you could you can include more plus size people so let's focus on plus because this is what we're talking about you can include more plus size people but as long as it's tokenism it will always be just that it will always just be that right we tick that box we tick that box we tick that box i like all plus campaigns for plus brands that's important because you need to see that you need to see women who look like you wearing the clothes that the, that the brand want to sell you in essence because why why would they advertise them on smaller people i wish we saw more non-normative bodies so i wish we saw more bodies that went hourglass i wish we saw more women with smaller bums and smaller boobs and wider waists i do wish we saw that because you see it on the street and it's important to know that the media are reflecting what actually exists in the real world it's, it is a it is a really really difficult one i want to see more plus size women but i want to see women bigger than me because i there's lots of me knocking around now you see a lot of adverts on the telly with sort of size 16 18 women with hourglass bodies I remember how it felt to first see an advert with someone like me in it and that was just a wonderful feeling because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not a total weirdo, I exist. I want other women to feel that. I want them to get that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm allowed, I'm acceptable. Uh, nobody cares what I've eaten for breakfast, nobody cares what I've eaten for lunch. I, I exist. And it's just that validity and that comes through visibility. It all sounds like just a lot of words as I'm saying it now. But there has to be there has to be more of it because for a lot of young girls, young boys, to see people who look like them is just all they need to get through to the next day, to the next week, and to have a bit of self-respect that they deserve ultimately. But the, the, I think the problem comes with advertising, which is what we're talking about, is the essence of advertising is is just, is to be aspirational, isn't it? Mm. And so, if you were to ask someone, what would you like to be? They're probably I don't mean it's a career as in like you know what do you want for that? Well, I'd love to be really good looking. Yeah. Or the thing that ties in with really good looking is skinny. Yeah. So that's immediately something that's that when you have to advertise something you it has to be if it's not aspirational it has to be tokenism which is what you're yeah. saying because that's not part of a natural narrative because we base so many things on aesthetics which is why i think social media is such a problem it's because the whole thing of instagram which is way more popular than than facebook and and twitter is purely based on aesthetic mm. it's not based on that person's personality well, and so that's why you post a picture of yourself looking like that's why a lot of girls pose with pictures oh, that gosh, they're representing magazine it, yeah. shots yeah I mean it's different because you're a professional model but who are posing in ma like magazine shots and then all their friends justify that uh, hideous narcissism by telling them they look great yeah so yeah. it's a self it's like a it's it's until people stop saying you look lit or whatever it is. 
Is that woke? <laughs> that's so woke, Chris. <laughs> and, until that becomes a sort of not a thing, we're always going to be in this same, you know, in this same trench. Because yeah. I think Instagram, if anything, has moved things back in time. It's funny because a lot of the brands that I work with have put a bit of a gentle ban on aspirational. So they don't want women in these big white bedrooms with fluffy curtains and I don't know, all the things that Instagram people have. They, they want to get rid of the aspirational because what they're actually seeing is that women buy into women like themselves. And one of my friends on Instagram who just absolutely, she started, she just took off like a rate of knots and brands are working with her and she's just, just her following is huge. She's just very, very real. And she dances around a bedroom in her pants and she is a size 24, 26. She will go on Instagram with no makeup on. They're not going to cast her in any... In, oh, I was going to say they're not going to cast her in any adverts. She's done advertising work, but it's not... It's, it's aspirational in a new way. And I think we are starting to go in that direction. It's just people have to buy into it and the brands have to buy into it because ultimately that's where the money is and the media are just... I mean... Is, is it aspirational in a new way because people want to have that sense of carefree... People want to be confident and happy. Yeah. So and that, just live their lives. Yeah, so, that, so that's probably where you'd find a chink in the armour to get yeah. away from the normal narrative of, of po-faced twiglets. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like the term po-faced twiglets because even the po-faced twiglets are nice people, Chris. So, <laughs> and the, I'm in a minefield, Doc. I'm in a minefield. <laughs> we don't fat shame and we don't skinny shame. So, <laughs> every, I mean, everybody has this ability I was trying to curry favour there, didn't work, didn't <laughs> it? It did not work. <laughs> Every, sort of everybody is valid. Everybody, everybody is allowed. Yeah. It's it's authenticity, isn't it? And and if if somebody is somebody looks a certain way because they do just eat seeds every day, I feel like there should be transparency around that, so that so that young girls know if you want to look like this, you do just eat seeds every day. And if you're equally, if you're eating McDonald's every day. You want to look like this? You're eating McDonald's every day. In the same way that we have to be transparent about if you're gifted an outfit, I didn't pay for this outfit. If your mortgage is being paid by somebody else, I didn't pay for this. This isn't my house. This is it's about transparency. Yeah, because you start doing it on your post, you say when something's been gifted to you by a brand. Don't well, you? you have to now by advertising laws. But I think it's a very fair thing to do as well because I don't want other people looking at my life and thinking, gosh, she must... You know, she she just gets all, she buys all these clothes. I absolutely don't buy all those clothes. I could never afford all those clothes. I don't want all those clothes. You know, it's, it's just about transparency, about being honest. There's a part of the article that you found very interesting, wasn't there, Doc? What, what was that, what was that paragraph? Yeah, it was the same one. I think we both, we both call it out there. Um, so Jessica says, uh, so she says, she's talking about the relationship between food and wellness. And she says, before I could recognize wellness culture for what it was, a dangerous con that seduces smart women. Uh, so, you know, I bolded here smart women because I think 
and you know, I think it's a, it encapsulates everybody these days, men and women, uh, with pseudoscientific claims of increasing energy, reducing inflammation, lowering the risk of cancer and healing skin, gut and fertility problems. But at its core, wellness is about weight loss. It immunizes color, calorically dense and delicious foods, preserving a vicious fallacy, thin is healthy and healthy is thin. But the core of what she's saying is that wellness is a, about weight loss. And I don't think wellness is or should be about weight loss. And, you know, it's, it's, we have been very, almost not really focused on weight loss at all throughout this uh, <coughs> uh, podcast series. And, you know, I'll sort of push back on that claim that all wellness is about weight loss. And I don't know. What, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I get what she's saying in in the article. Is that it, it, it? Yeah, we, we have done it differently because we're saying we're talking about things that are fads, and fads are, uh, are, are to do with you know, like I did intermittent fasting, which is about weight loss. Um, I think is it? Yeah, intermittent fasting. And I did calorie counting, which is also about weight loss. But I wouldn't. But I wouldn't necessarily put Yoga that in as, as wellness. wellness and meditation as wellness, right? Uh, yes, it is. Either yeah. of those are weight loss. Oh, I see. So, you see, yeah. So you're saying that the she, you think she's wrong in her article to say that everything in wellness is fundamentally going to be down to um, weight loss. Yeah. Do you, Do you think that's true? Any Any wellness fad is it all going to be down to sort of the the perceived standard of women need to be thin? depends what your goal is it's like um previous episodes with you chris you've you've done things that actually could contribute towards your <coughs> core strength for example but you've also tied weight loss into it so um i, sp- I suppose it's the intention with which you set out to do things because for me i love pilates and i do it to make myself stronger i don't do it to lose weight if there is weight loss, that's not intentional. Well, what else do you do for wellness that you don't think is considered? Do you do anything to, to contribute to weight loss? Well, I can, oh, to weight loss? No, I, I don't, know. It's like, a, it's kind of, I don't know, it's like, for me, it's sort of saying, I'm going to train to be an opera singer. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's just not, it's just not a thing on my radar because I know that I can, exist quite happily without doing it so do, what, what do you what are your priorities in life for let's say i don't know longevity i love to move around i i, <laughs> I love not just sort of in one space like i don't like to like fl- well, i mean i do like flailing my arms around but more than that it's i i really enjoy walking i really enjoy being outside enjoy fresh air i go on my running machine in my garage because i know that when i'm working from home I'm sitting there and I'm not doing anything and I won't sleep well. If I don't do some moving around, I'm not going to sleep. So I, I go on the running machine. And it's all just part of existing happily, I suppose. So you're not advocating exercise for any other reason than to make yourself happy and sleep better? I, I think coming back to the very original thing that we were talking about, about before, before and after pictures, if you've if you genuinely believe that weight loss will make you happy then absolutely go for it but understand the reasons for which you're doing it if you're doing it because you want to be accepted and you want to be respected those aren't good reasons if you're doing it because you'd like to be able to 
you have the ability, you have the physical ability to be able to run a marathon and you know that you'd find that easier if you lost weight, fine, go for it. But don't make it about the weight loss, make it about the being able to run a marathon. Yeah, and look, I guess if, if you're doing it because you are in a social group or situation where people are either, you know, surreptitiously or, you know, outwardly putting pressure on you to change, then probably the wrong group of people yeah, to get involved, new friends. Yeah. Whether it's friends or, you know, something else, right? If there are people that make you feel like you need to make these changes, then, you know, you need to ask yourself that question. Are they the right people to be around? Because I think, you know, the other thing is that I would imagine with, you know, you've got a, a strong following on your Instagram feed, is what would, because I, I should imagine there are some people, girls and boys, probably with regards to you girls who don't have that confidence yet that you do have, mm. where they do look at themselves and they hate themselves for whatever reason it is. What would your advice be to a young girl who is feeling like that? What, how do you go about saying, hey, don't worry about it, you look great, if they don't feel great? I don't think it's even so much about saying you look great. There's a big thing around body neutrality at the moment, which is around kind of not caring if you look good or bad. It's just about making sure you enjoy your life. And I'm not quite, personally, not quite at that point because I do enjoy feeling that I, I look nice in my eyes. So I'm not quite at body neutrality, but I would say I know for a lot of people who don't feel that they look good, they put their lives on hold until they do look good. So they're waiting to do, they're waiting for the, to have their big holiday when they feel they look good. They're waiting to, um, they don't want to meet someone because they don't feel like they look good enough for them. And it's people putting their lives on hold. And I think my advice to women who are doing that is, how, how long are you going to put your life on hold? Stop putting your life on hold and start living it and see if you enjoy it because the likelihood is you will. I'm just thinking the fat lads are, are now giving advice to young girls, which is well, this is what, well, actually, this is interesting because I was about to say that is that you know we are two guys doing this, and it's and I think the reason why we wanted to speak to Emma is because I didn't feel comfortable reading that article and just talking to you about it. I felt that we mm -hmm. it's more important that we get someone who is a woman to talk about, and also someone who's as uh, sort of on the button as Emma is with regard to these issues. Because if you follow you on on on. On Twitter, you're always talking about it. I mean, you had a go at um, a celebrity the other day. Um, and, it, and, you know, it's, it's all with, with good reason uh, about posting a before and, and, and after um, photo. And, and, and that can be potentially quite damaging. It's very irresponsible, isn't it? It's really irresponsible as somebody in the public eye to uh, pick pit two body types against each other and to compare two body types and say that one is somehow better than the other. I used to be like this, now look mm. at me. Are you describing thousands of women who still live in bodies very similar to that? Which is just, I mean, it's bad manners for a start, isn't it? It's just not, it's just not nice. It's, a, it's just a bit gross. You're kind of going, I hate everyone who looks like this. And then the argument that comes back is, no, I was just saying, I don't like how I looked at that size, but when you're in the public eye, you have a real responsibility to recognise where you, what what is nice and what is not nice. It's just it's horrible. It's, ugh, yuck. Before and afters, get in the bin. Yuck. 
But it's good because before we start recording, Doc, before I got you on the line as well, I just ran through a few topics that we're going to talk about to make sure that you or I didn't come across as unwoke. (laughs) (laughs) I think... have we been woke? It's not we? your fault. You're a certain age. Men of a certain age. Whoa, is, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Let I, the people decide. <laughs> I, I think for men it's, it is slightly different. If you were two women coming on and doing this, I think it would be perceived as very different. For, for men, I think when you're thinking, when, when you've been doing the podcast, I have nothing but respect for everything you've said. I don't think you've said anything offensive because you look at things in a very... Um, in, in the way that's right for you and possibly in the way that's right for a lot of men and that's completely valid and allowed it's just great I mean I'm grateful that you've you've let me come on and, and say the things I'm saying because it's I think it's important to have that balanced view it doesn't mean what you're saying is wrong the fact that you're fad lads you know these are these things are fads and fads doesn't suggest this is something you have to go and do otherwise you're a bad person fad suggests it's something that perhaps strange LA people do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's, it, it's good because I say I, I was aware and also the people that might listen to this because you're on it, not because we're on it, felt that um, we dealt with it sort of sensitively, I suppose. Yeah. It can be easily trodden all over. I think you did. I think we're woke, Doc. We are. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hope everybody else is. <laughs> as woke as we are. We're still awake. <laughs> Well, um, I think that probably wraps it up. And uh, and just thanks for coming on again, Emma. We always um, love having you coming on. We'll figure out something else to talk about next time. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for having me. And thank you, as I say, for just allowing a balanced conversation. Good. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Emma. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up on, on another special sometime in the future. Sounds good. Au revoir.